Easter. This is the day the Lord has made.
standing, may we join together in our historic profession and our confession of the Christian faith as found in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to the dead. The third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. People of God, he is risen. Hallelujah. He is risen indeed. Amen and amen. At this time, I'd like to invite forward any children who are with us this morning. If you want to come up and join me here on the stairs, any children or those who are young at heart, come on down. It's good to see you all. Are you all having a good Easter morning so far? Yeah, you all are wearing your Easter best. You look beautiful and very handsome. It's good to be together with you all today. How many know why we're here this morning? Why are we here together in this sanctuary to celebrate? Yes. Easter, that's right. <laughs> Easter, it's an important time in the, in the year that we get together and we celebrate. And when you think about Easter, we often think about what? What are some of the things that come to your mind when we think about Easter? Uh, Jesus. Jesus, good answer. God, all right. I didn't pay them to say that. Sarah. What? Eggs, all right. What are some of the other things that come to our mind? Yes? You. Me? Oh. <laughs> I didn't pay him that one either. Candy? Candy, that's right. We think of candy and we think of these beautiful flowers and decorations and eggs and a whole bunch. Yes? We have another? A cross? All right. I'm giving you my mic. You can do this one. <laughs> We think about all these things with Easter, right? Well, one of the, probably one of the greatest things, like someone said, was eggs, right? And we think about Easter eggs. How many of you have ever done an Easter egg hunt? You've... All right. Eighteen eggs. If you're like me, we always found seventeen, and then we could never find that last one. But if you. Are you all joining us? Are you all joining us for the Easter egg hunt outside after the service? Yeah. All right. Well, I often wonder why do we use eggs to celebrate Easter? And so for fun I was looking it up and I looked online. Yes? Cuz the Easter bunny brought them. That's why we use eggs. Do you know when one of the reasons that we look at eggs or that we use eggs is if you ever notice when a hen sits on an egg or if you go to the Moore Park Zoo, uh, to the um, Underwood Farms, they have like this little egg section where the chicks are. And when the chicks are ready, the eggs crack and out comes a chick, right? And you have new life. Well, we celebrate Easter. What do we celebrate? We celebrate when Jesus came out of the tomb, we had new life. Well, this morning I brought a little thing for you. I have my own little Easter egg of sorts here. And on this Easter egg it says... He is risen. Hallelujah. And you know what? What do you think will happen if I squish it? It'll crack. It'll crack. That's right. Am I going to make a big old mess? Yay! Let's try it. 
all. It's empty. Oh, look, there's nothing in it. Uh-oh, what happened? I cracked it, and it's empty. This is why I love Easter and why I brought this egg, because, you know, today we come together to remember that on that Sunday morning when the disciples went, or when Mary had gone to the tomb, and Peter and the beloved disciple went to the tomb to find Jesus and to, and to, to say their last goodbye, they saw that the stone was rolled away and that it was empty. No one was there. But that's the joy of Easter, that we come together and we call it the resurrection. It offers hope and it offers us a life that God says, I love you so much that I want to give all I can for you and I'll give you life and I'll give you life to the fullest. So we come together today to celebrate that fact, that God loves us, that even that tomb couldn't hold him, that it was empty. So this morning, in just a moment, I'm going to offer a prayer. And after prayer for the parents, we're going to release uh, the kids from third grade and under to their Sunday school classes. And you'll be able to pick your kids up following service at Sunday school. Um, And at 10, 10 a.m. this morning, we're going to have a great Easter egg hunt. So there's eggs galore. So we're going to invite you out to the grass area uh, outside, and we'll give you more instruction then. But can we bow our heads and pray? Glorious God, we give you thanks and praise that on this day we can join together to celebrate a risen Savior. We give you thanks for this Easter that we know the real reason we celebrate is your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, the love that you offered through him. We give you thanks for each child here, each one of your precious children, that you say do not hinder them, for such as these belongs the kingdom of heaven. May we continue to have the faith of a child to love you without condition, to live in your resurrection glory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. As Brian mentioned, um, when one of the children said, why are you here? And they said, for you. (laughs) It reminds me of uh, a couple of years ago when, I don't know what it was, a... um, Christmas. It was Christmas. Mm -hmm. It was Christmas. And um, how'd that story go? One of the the children who was leaving the service that morning, or that night, that Christmas Eve, was amazed because they thought that I was Jesus and Garrett was God. (laughs) One out of two isn't bad. (laughs) And I have to be the old guy. We are glad that you're here with us today. It's a beautiful morning. It's a wonderful time to celebrate. It's a great time to be with family and friends, to enjoy all the traditions of this time of the year. And one of those traditions is the, is the beautiful altar flowers and the chancel flowers that are here today. We want to thank everyone who has made it possible to enjoy these beautiful flowers. Inside your order of service, you'll find a Insert that's listing all those who have given in whose honor and memory and love that these flowers have been given. And uh, we want to say thank you for each name is very important and very special. And the beauty of these flowers reflects the beauty of the people that um, we are remembering today through them. Brian and I just got back from the Easter sunrise service, 6 o'clock. I love getting up at 3.30 in the morning. But it was a wonderful service. 
Uh, there was between 900 and 1,000 people. It was a, a great um, uh, morning, uh, wonderful music. I want to thank uh, Karen Jo Crump and Carlene Van Dyke for giving our uh, music this morning and uh, Brian for assisting us along with the uh, Reverend Craig Beaker of the New Hope Lutheran Church, uh, Reverend Han from the Westlake Korean Church, and John... Burnett. <laughs> Burnett, thank you. Uh, John Burnett from the Westlake uh, Presbyterian Church. And so we had a great time together, and uh, it's gonna be on a couple of news stations too, so if you're not doing anything at 10 o'clock, let me know how it was. Um, but we uh, give celebration for that, and it was a, a wonderful time to gather together. Again, as we gather together here today, may we continue to lift up the good news that Jesus Christ is risen. <laughs>
Glorious God, we give you thanks and praise as we join together this Easter Sunday to remember the resurrection, to rejoice in a life that has been given, that we might have life and have it in abundance. We join together this day to lift up the hope that was offered through that Easter morning, a hope that continues to live on in our hearts and in our lives, that in so living out this hope, we might bring forth a transformation to this world to bring your light and your promise that where there is hurt, you may find peace. Where there is darkness, the light might shine. Where there is troubles and turmoil, your peace might flow. That on this Easter Sunday, we rejoice knowing that this is not the end, that you continue to offer us life, that you offer us the comfort, knowing that you will never leave nor forsake us, that we might walk forward daily in a relationship with you. So glorious God, as we lift up our thanks and our praise this day, hear our hearts. You know the burdens that we bear, the joys that we experience, the life troubles and joys and everything in between. So on this Easter, might we come to you, but for a moment of silence, to feel your presence, just to be still and take a deep breath. To be in your presence, we come in silence. Glorious God, as we lift these, our prayers to you, may we find your comfort, your peace, and your love that we continue to share it. And as we share these, our prayers, may we continue to also lift up the prayer that your son, Jesus Christ, taught, that we too together pray, our Father, Father who, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, thy, thy will be done, done on earth as it is in heaven. heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. our Easter offering.
gift, tithes, and offerings, and ask that you will continue to bless these for the ministry of your church in this community and throughout this world. In your Son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Lord of God. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us, according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from St. John, chapter 19, verses 38 through 42, and St. John, chapter 20, verses 1, 18, and 19. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, though a secret one because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate to let him take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and removed his body. Nicodemus, who had at first come to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about 100 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and wrapped it with the spices in linen cloths, according to the burial custom of the Jews. Now there was a garden in the place where he was crucified, and in the garden there was a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. And so, because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Early, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks, Thanks be, be unto God. God. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks in the reading of the word. And once more ask that thy spirit upon this word will make it more than words but heard or even words written on page with paper and ink, but now make these on this Easter Sunday living words. Words that is the good seed that finds its way to good soil, digs deep roots and brings forth harvest, might this day as living seed into the soil of our souls bring to us a harvest unto everlasting life through Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God, and in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, by gum, we made it. <laughs> we made it through the last 40 days of Lent. We started a journey 40 days ago, and we find its climax today. We also started a journey at the beginning of Lent to the Stations of the Cross, and now we find ourselves at the last station, the 14th station. Jesus is taken down from the cross and laid in the tomb. The last six weeks, we have walked with Jesus in the events and the people of his last week, and particularly his last hours before he went to the cross. We started at the first station when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane and taken before the court and then tried and condemned and denied not only by his enemies, but by his very friends. We walked with him on the Via Dolorosa, the Way of Sorrows, 
as he stumbled and fell, had his cross carried by Simon the Cyrene. We saw him nailed to the cross, derided and insulted, and yet he spoke only words of sovereign love, such as, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And to a dying man today, I say that you will be with me in paradise. And at last, having accomplished all that he was sent to do, said, Father, I have finished my mission of love on earth, and I commit my soul into thy hands. The last station sees Jesus taken from the cross and laid into the tomb. And in verse 38 of our scripture this morning, we are told after this that Joseph asking Pilate that he might take the body of Jesus, Pilate gave him leave. And so he came and took away the body and he bound it in linen cloths with the spices as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb where no one had ever been laid before. And so because of the Jewish day of preparation, as the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Yes, you see, the Sabbath was beginning. The sun was going down, and the disciples and followers of Jesus went home in the darkness. But it was not just in the darkness of the day that they encountered on that sorrowful journey back to their homes. It was the darkness of their own souls, having seen everything that gave meaning to them die with Jesus upon the cross. And everything they hoped for buried in the darkness of a tomb. Last week, when Brian led us to consider what it meant that Jesus had finished his earthly task, he said that, Holy Week was such a con uh, contradiction. Brian pointed out how it started with cheers on Palm Sunday and yet ended with jeers on Good Friday. When hope turned to fear, promises seemed to turn to dust, life turned to death, and all that was left was the grave. Now, folks, after 2,000 years, no one is fooling us. We know the end of the story. We know how it all ends up. We know well the outcome. There are no surprises now. However, unless we look into the grave of that first Easter through the eyes of the disciples, we cannot truly understand this account that changed the world and still continues to change it. If we are not careful, if we, if we pass by the grave too soon, we will miss the power of the story. That is why our scripture today is a grave story more than it is a resurrection story. For you see, we must at all costs stop at the grave and look in. And that's hard to do. Every one of us here has experienced the same grave with the loss of someone that we have loved. We have all seen our share of caskets and Funerals and cemeteries and graveside services. None of us particularly enjoys the funeral of those nearer to us because it is so hard to let go of those that we love. And I suppose also because it is so very hard that when we do so, we must face our own mortality. You know, I think of how in the last 150 years we have changed from a society in which in Victorian times no one ever spoke of sex and everyone acknowledged death to this time in which we live where everybody talks about sex and nobody wants to talk about death. 
And yet I believe for this very reason, we have to look into the tomb. Now you say, well, pastor, that's easy for you to say. That's your job to perform our funerals. Well, true. I don't have the option to say that I'm not going to show up at your funeral. In my ministry, I've officiated over 4,300 funerals. I was told by a former pastor here, Dr. Lee Truman, that that was more than any other pastor that he knew of, including himself, and he's done a few. He told me that I should tell you today, don't hang around me, I'm bad for your health. (laughs) But I can tell you this, many years ago, I had to face my own mortality before I could officiate another funeral. You see, I had to also look into the grave and realize that I too one day would die. That the words I have spoken for you would be the words one day spoken for me. And until I could accept that, until I could come to terms with that, to also look into the tomb for myself and affirm the hope of eternal life and eternity, that Jesus Christ was risen, I could not proclaim it to you. I have always been surprised to see how other cultures and faiths have seemed to accept the reality of death in some regards better than we sometimes do. And I'm reminded of the story told to me by my dear friend, Jewish cantor Michael Lapaz, who told this story at a funeral that he recently performed. It is told of the rabbi who attends the birthday of a woman who is 90 years old. Now, in the tradition of the Jew, when you come to the birthday, you give great celebration and you remind people that Moses lived to be 120 years. And so the rabbi came to the celebration and he looked around and he said, who is the birthday girl today? And this little 90-year-old lady raises her hand and she said, it's my birthday. And in good Jewish way, he says, mazel tov. Congratulations. May you live as long as Moses, another 30 years. And just at that time, another little lady raised her hand. And she said, Rabbi, I'm 100 today. Ah, mazel tov, the rabbi said. Congratulations. May you live as long as Moses, another 20 years. At that, one more little lady raised her hand. She said, Rabbi, I'm 110 today. Uh, Mazel tov, the rabbi said. Congratulations, may you live as long as Moses, another 10 years. Would you believe it? One more hand. (laughs) A little bit shaky from the back of the room. Rabbi, I'm 120 years old today. Ah, the rabbi said, Mazel tov. Congratulations. May you live as long as Moses. Have a nice day. (laughs) You see, what it means is that it's only when you acknowledge that we will not live forever that we really begin to live today. 
If we fear the reality of our future death, we will never be able to truly live our lives in the present moment. And it makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? And so we look into the grave to face that reality, but we never forget that Easter means that the reason that we can look into the grave is because the stone that guarded the entrance to the grave has been rolled away and Jesus Christ is not there. We no longer have to fear the grave because we no longer have to see death in the same way. The power of Jesus Christ and the power of the resurrection have forever changed death and never again do we need to fear a tomb because we are a people of Easter faith who know that the stone has been rolled away and will never block again the way to new life and eternal life. And because of this, life is changed forever. Sometimes, you know, the burdens of the world seem like they're going to overcome us. It seems so often the world is more evil than it is good. The darkness of a war filled with hate and strife and War, we find the darkness in the personal tragedies in our own lives, broken homes and marriages, estrangement of parents and children, fragmented relationships, health problems, illnesses, difficulties at work and school, unemployment and homelessness, alcoholism and drugs, terrorism and crime. All of us feel at times the helplessness and the burden of the darkness of the world that swirls around us. You only have to pick up your morning newspaper and it comes upon you. To turn on the channel and watch the news and you feel it. And perhaps the greatest darkness of all, the darkness of death that takes away from us forever those we love and shuts out the light from reaching us. And we ask ourselves, where Oh, where and when will the light ever shine again? And therefore, today, this Easter resurrection morning, I can say to you with everything that I believe and everything that I know and everything for which I hope that the light still shines and that we can find our way to it. And the answer is found when we find ourselves at the entrance of a dark Easter tomb and by faith as disciples of old look in and dare to believe that Jesus is not there. And therefore I can proclaim to you today that Christ the Lord is risen, that death is conquered, that there is a new world of eternal life and peace, and it's all around us. And it is the reason that I can proclaim with conviction at every graveside I have ever conducted when I may say, O grave, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? But praise be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus, our Lord. How do I know I hear it in the word of the gospel message preached. I find it in the words of the Bible as God's word that declares to us the good news of God. I have seen it with my own eyes in every baptism of every believer, in every prayer that is given in faith, in every life made new, 
and set free in Christ. I hear it in the songs and the hymns and the music of praise and faith of God's people gathered for worship. I've tasted it in the bread and the wine of Holy Communion. I have seen it in the lives of those who have been transformed and made new by the power of God in Jesus Christ. I believe it because I have come to the conclusion for my own life that this resurrection power of God is to believe by faith alone. And for those who believe, no explanation is truly necessary. And for those who don't, no explanation is possible. But I find at the darkest tunnel of all, the very grave we shall all face in the darkness of the earth, in death, that a light shines today that you may leave here with the Easter power, resurrection, grace of Jesus Christ, who from a tomb of darkness came to bring light into our world and into our lives and into our hearts. It's, it's something that makes all the difference in the world. As sure as the sun comes up today and it's just breaking through, on this Easter Sunday morning, and proclaims a new day and new hope, I proclaim to you the resurrected living Jesus Christ around us. And so I bid you by faith to look into the tomb, to face your mortality, but to discover by faith once more today that Jesus Christ is no longer there. That the stone has been rolled away and that we are people of the Easter faith. This day, hear his voice. Rise up. Step into new life, into the light. For this is the day of resurrection and the light shines into the darkness all around us and the light shall never go out and life because of that, will never, ever be the same. Praise God, Christ the Lord is risen today. Amen. Amen. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for the power of this Message that brings to us the hope that as we look into the grave, it holds no power over us because we believe in him who has conquered the grave, who has rolled away the stone and brings us to new life, both here and for eternity. Oh God, we give you thanks and that we might continue to praise you and crown our Lord Jesus Christ with many crowns. Amen. Would you please stand as we join in our hymn of triumph, crown him with many crowns.
standing next to you. As you hold one another's hand, as you hold one another's hand, give a little squeeze. For today, know that you are alive. For Christ is risen. And Christ will come again. Now may we go forth to share that light of Christ with all of those we meet. Go in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.